The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Happy Saturday and welcome into another edition of Arrowhead Pride's Best of the Week. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and this is the best of the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. We'll start, as usual, with the guys from Out of Structure, Matt Stagner and Ron Kopp, as they give their takes on the current state of the Chiefs offense. We continue on with my editor's show. That's around the 13-minute mark. Marinated takeaways from Chiefs and Eagles. Around the 26-minute mark, we go across the pond it's the great british chief show our first look at the buffalo bills we continue on around the 40 minute mark with show and bk discussing the problems along the chief's defensive line and we finish up with yahoo's senior nfl writer charles robinson as he breaks down what the buffalo bills have to do to beat the kansas city chiefs on sunday that's around the 51 minute mark but as i said we'll start with the guys from out of structure this is Arrowhead Pride's best of the week. It does just seem like, like you mentioned, McColl back to his kind of just being a gadget player. He's great in that role, though. I mean, he is he is a great player in the you know that that reverse that we had. It seemed like every single lineman like leading him downfield, and he almost broke it all the way. He had Niang and Brown and Creed Humphrey all running downfield with him. I, I mean, you think it would have been, you think that would have maybe been a touchdown, but uh, it was a great play, and he's great in that role. It's just. You need him to be more than that. You'd think he'd be more than that by now, and he's just not. And and so it, it's it's kind of tough. And no other receiver is really stepping up. So yeah, we'll we'll see what Josh Gordon does. And yeah, that's it, a good it, that's a good point about them being tight end heavy, though. I, I'm looking at the snap counts now. You're right. Noah Gray had 27 percent of the snaps, uh, 18, uh, which is the same number as Blake Bell had uh, as well. So you they were getting those secondary tight ends on the field. Uh, and Jody Fortson had 15 snaps, so 22 percent. So all three of them right in that same range, which tells you that there were a lot of uh, three tight end sets. Yeah, and and, and so I, I do think that was kind of a game plan of theirs because the Philadelphia Eagles' second level of the defense, their linebackers, if you think our linebackers are bad, they might be even worse. And and, and that's saying something, and maybe they're not worse. Um, but the, the Eagles, that is definitely their weak, the weak point of their defense. And so taking advantage of that by – passing a lot from the tight end, you know, having a lot of linebackers on the field because you have so many tight ends. Um, but the other thing, too, with Josh Gordon, you mentioned that, you know, we hear the reports from Ian Rappaport that he could be ready as soon as week five. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I almost think maybe that's a little bit of the Chiefs just kind of 
knowing that they need him right now. And, and they're kind of almost pushing, you know, uh, uh, kind of pushing the envelope a little bit like, hey, we we kind of need him to be here week five more than, you know, he's actually, you know, 100 uh, percent ready to be in the offense, know the offense, you know, all well, because we know the offense is going to be hard to learn. And he's been here for l- less than a week. And I'm sure there was talks before that, but it, it kind of just shows you how little confidence they have right now in their secondary wide receivers. Yeah, I think that it does. Well, moving on to sort of a new segment. I think now that we've been through four games that at least last year would have been a quarter of the season if you divide the season up that way. Now with 17 games, it's let's call it 38, 39% of the season without doing the math. But now that we have a sample size, let's talk about some stats for the Chiefs, maybe some that, that we may have missed or, or maybe surprising. So, Ron, I know you did some research Um Give me a few offensive stats, and let's see what we can take away from this sample size so far this season. Yeah, we'll just start off with a few basic ones, and and I think the the the, the big one right now and and is is this yards per play stat. They you know yards per play is the the most efficient or the the smallest way to to look at efficiency, right? Because it's yards per single play, not per game, not per drive. It's every play, and they lead the entire league in it, and. They lead. They have the the lead on the second team, as much like that range between the first and the second team is as much as it is between the second and eighth team right now. So they are kind of ahead of uh, way ahead of the game right now in yards per play. That just shows you how good their offense is. They're second in scoring offense overall, first in points per drive too. But here's the thing: the least amount of drives total this year so far. They have had the least amount of possessions this year. That's that's pretty mind blowing. I think that has something to do with the defense um, and. And even with the turnovers, the second, which is the second highest rate in the league right now, they still have the second highest rate of drives ending in a score right now. So it just kind of shows you how dominant they've been. Really, the only time they've been stopped is when they shoot themselves in the foot. And, and, and this offense is going to keep being dominant, especially, you know, maybe if Josh Gordon comes in and, and plays well, the offensive line is going to keep getting better. Yeah, Stags, I, I, it, those stats just kind of tell you that this offense has been as dominant as, we've, as we can expect and as it ever has been. It's just, you know, the turnovers have kind of, you know, made it maybe seem as not as dominant as before. Yeah, there's some, there's some big numbers there. I mean, the, the yards per play, like you said, uh, the offensive efficiency, you saw this week this team was moving the ball at will. There was really – they had long, sustained drives uh, this week, maybe more than what we've seen from Chiefs teams in the last few years. This team can move the ball whenever they want to, and now they can do it on the ground or in the air – uh, which is, again, something that, that maybe has been missing from this team in the past. And then, yeah, that number about the the percentage of drives that end in a score, for them to be the second highest on that list while also being the second highest in the most turnovers, that is, uh, that's mind-blowing because you, th- you think about how efficient, how many of those drives would have ended in a score had they not been turnovers because a lot of those turnovers have been in the red zone. Or at least on the you know w- w- on the opposite uh, the the opposition side of the field. So there is there is a really high percentage chance that if the Chiefs get the ball, they're gonna score. And they and and that is a that's a good feeling. This offense is as dominant, really, arguably as it ever has been, or at least is trending in that direction. Uh, all they have to do is, is stop the turnovers, and and they're gonna win nine times out of ten. And, and you, no matter what the defense does. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And off the top of our head, we can just think of last week against the Chargers, 
the first three possessions that ended in turnovers were all possessions that were in Chargers territory and they were driving pretty good. The Ravens game, that last possession, they fumbled away when they were about to score. So that's a good point. They, these, these drives aren't like, it's not like they're just throwing interceptions at the very beginning. They were, they were already about to score. So, and so, but uh, we'll get to a few more stats here. And I thought this was pretty crazy. You know, as, as, as aggressive as Andy can be sometimes, and he hasn't really had the situation where he's needed to because the offense has been so dominant, but they have yet to go for a fourth down this year, uh, which is, you know, kind of is the flip side because you know that we've seen and we've seen uh, opposing offenses go for fourth down so much. Um, they have the fourth best red zone conversion percentage as well, 80%. Uh, that's no surprise. But how about this? And this goes along with the Chiefs having the least amount of possessions in the NFL. They have the second fewest third down attempts in the NFL but also the highest conversion percent of third downs in the NFL. And what that screams to me, that my takeaway from that stat, is that this offense has been so efficient, they just don't get in the third and fourth downs. They just don't. And, and, and that's why they haven't been able to go for fourth down yet. That makes sense. This team gets, gets the first downs, first and second downs, and when, they get, and when they get to third down, they're getting the conversion on 64% of the time, which is a, a huge number. That's a, that's a great rate. I mean, that's almost, that's almost two-thirds of the time. Every, you know, two out of every three attempts, you're getting a first down on third down. I, I just you you can't you can't stop that and it's and it's going to be continue to be hard to because they played some pretty good defenses already and I know there's going to be tough defenses coming up but there's also going to be some lighter defenses that they'll have a, a little less trouble than against us you know uh, some of the other teams they yeah I just think the offense has been dominant that's I think that's the main takeaway not much uh, you know there's not much analyzing that needs to be said about that yeah I think the offensive dominance has been you know, maybe overlooked or slept on a little bit because there's there have been times where they looked out of sync. You know, last week, Patrick Mahomes looked uncomfortable in the pocket. Uh, early in the season, the run game, the timing was off. It didn't seem like like Clyde was was getting to where he needed to be when the offensive line was expecting and, and vice versa. So I think there was some there have been some issues on offense. Uh, but again, throw out the turnovers and everything else is 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 basically a non-issue everything they're basically unstoppable uh with or without turnovers and again if they clean up the turnovers they're this is going to be just a show for the rest of the season um let's talk about the offensive line specifically though i think some of the offensive stats really point to the massive overhaul that they've put in on the offensive line and how those guys are starting to come together i was alluding to it just now but Really, I think we should have all expected the first couple of games for this offensive line to still be finding their way, learning how to play together, learning how to play as a as a uh, uh, offensive line, learning how to play with Mahomes and and with Clyde. But if you look at some of these stats, like the Chiefs are now eighth in the league in rushing yards, they're fourth in yards per carry at five point one yards per carry, and they have the fourth least sacks allowed per dropback. Um, those stats indicate to me that this offensive line is arguably already a top five unit and they're still improving and they have room to improve. They face four really good defenses. They've made some rookie mistakes here and there, but <laughs> we hope that this line could be a top offensive line. I think they're almost, I think they're, they're pretty much almost there. Man, especially when you're talking about in the run game, they, they are mowing dudes over. We already talked about it a little bit. Um, and, and the one stat that really points to it, that that is a really flip of the script from last year, uh, shout out football outsiders. They have a great stat. It's called power success rate. And, and if you guys have followed AP, you've heard me talk about it a few times over the last over the last year. 
last year and, and uh, I'll, I'll real quick this is what power success rate is it's uh the percentage of runs on third or fourth down two yards or less to go that achieved a first down or touchdown also includes runs on first and goal or second and goal from the two yard line or closer so basically short yardage conversions when it matters right not just not a second and one not a second and two when it matters third downs red zone the chiefs this year have converted on those situations a hundred percent of the time and that's tied for with a few teams for the number one rate in the league last year they were dead last in that category by a comfortable margin too but they were about 50 percent last year so one every two runs was not getting converted in those situations that is a huge difference and it's a and you saw against the eagles it was very apparent how many third and ones, third and twos did they get into where they just easily converted with a run up the middle? I mean, this Chiefs, this Chiefs offensive line is moving people right now. And and I and I I like your I like your take. I like the top five offensive line take. The only reason I'm gonna push back on it a little bit is the pass bro still isn't great. It still isn't perfect. I think Mahomes at times, like you mentioned, he hasn't helped him out sometimes with his pocket presence. We saw it against the Eagles. You know, Orlando Brown, actually, according to PFF, gave up three quarterback hits. He, he did not have a great game himself. Lucas Niang gave up a sack. Um, that guy actually got called, you know, didn't actually count because of defensive holding penalty. But it, it was a clean sack. You know, it was, it was him getting beat. Um, and he also had a holding penalty, too. That was pretty crucial on a pass protection. So I, they're not perfect in pass protection. So maybe that's how they don't, you know, uh, get in the top five because there's some good offensive lines in the NFL. But they're getting there. And, and the thing is, the crazy part is they have a lot more time to go and improve. This team needs to be ready for the playoffs. It doesn't matter how good they are right now. And the way this offensive line is trending, I mean, they're going to be one of the best, no doubt, But in the, in the postseason. I mean, it, it's really trending that way. Let's take one last look at this Philadelphia Eagles game for our marinated takeaways now that our takes have marinated for a few days. And we'll start, as always, John, with your first thought on the game. Um, I think it's about baby steps. You know, um, I think that a lot of fans are so unhappy with the defense right now. They've got so many statistics where they're close to last in the league. I think it's fair to criticize the defense and, and be very frustrated with it. Uh, but they did do better in the red zone this week. Um, they they made plays when it mattered. Um, you know, they got a stop late in the game that was a very important one. Um, and that's a step forward. Um, yeah, they gave up 30 points and that's bad. And, you know, nobody can say that that's all right for them to give up 30 points, even if the last, um, uh, the last six of them was in garbage time. Uh, it's not, it's not okay. You want them to do better than that. And I, and they should do better than that. And they're going to need to do better than that as they play these better teams on the schedule. But you still want to see, take the team, take a step forward here and there. And they did that on Sunday. So I find that encouraging. You know, we weren't going to see them go from, being one of the, the worst defenses in the league into a top 10 unit in one week. That's just not going to happen, particularly right. when you've got a starting defensive end and a starting cornerback uh, missing from the team and, and not even have all of your backups, you know, with Rashad Fenton and the con- concussion protocol um, and Willie Gay on injured reserve. You know, that's just not going to happen till we get all these guys out here. And I thought that uh, Ethan's article yesterday that covered those details I thought was an excellent point that um, they really haven't had their first team defense out there for any of these games and uh, I, you know you don't want to make that an excuse yeah but it's still something that's significant and something we should remember as we move forward 
I think Baker's looked pretty good to me, which I, I'm I'm happy about because I, I think yeah. you have depth in your secondary. I do want to see Juan Thornhill just getting the start. I, I, let us be wrong. Let us all be wrong then. Yeah. Like that yeah. at a certain point. I, I think he needs to to be back in the mix because I think you know what you're going to get from Daniel Sorensen. To me, Daniel Sorensen is the third safety in that room, and that's a great he does a great job at that role. I, I I think at a certain point we just gotta say, okay, let's let's get Thornhill back in. We know the upside there. We can get Tyron Matthew back to doing what he usually does. And so I'm happy with the steps the defense took. I think regardless of who's in there, these miscommunications where the Eagles are running up to the line because they know the Chiefs can't communicate is like very, very not good because it doesn't matter yeah. who's in there. Like that to me. And the tackling has been really bad. And I know that we're, we're talking about backups, um, but still in the first half, especially more than the second half, I'm eager to see what Steve Spagnuolo says. Uh, but the ta- and, and so those are two things, regardless of who's in there, I feel like they need to be better now. Mm-hmm. Willie Gay's more athletic than maybe anyone on the defense, including Tyron <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, that can make a huge difference. A linebacker yeah. of, of his uh, level of talent may, may make a, a huge difference. The, the defensive line in front of him needs to be better. Because uh, if they're getting four and five yards before they meet Willie Gay, it's not going to matter. So a, a lot has right. to change. But I, I agree. I think there was some steps taken, especially in the second half. I'm sure that's what Steve Spagnuolo was going to say on Thursday once again. But you, you're ready to see a complete effort from this team. And so um, that's where I land. I, we already talked about this one for my first marinated takeaway. But it's this, John. Establish the run. Establish the fun. Meaning... <laughs> You show that you're able to run the football like this. Now, we've had two back-to-back games with Clyde Edwards-Elair where he's able to rip off 100 yards. He looks fantastic. The holes yeah. at this, the right side of this line, especially, are making are just gaping. And I don't want to say that I could get a first down, but maybe could I get a first down? I don't know. Maybe I could find a way to, to do it behind this offensive line. That's, that's, the, that's the level of hole that Clyde Edwards-Elair has right now. Yeah. And you see what that can do as a game goes along. If you have to start respecting Clyde and Daryl, then all of a sudden uh, you're going to be facing Tyree Kill, and he's going to be in one-on-one coverage down the field, and you'll see that off-balance throw. Now, oh, the defense needs to, need, feels like they need to bring extra pressure. Here's, well, here's my Kobe Bryant fadeaway lob pass to Tyree Kill for his <laughs> third touchdown in the quarter or whatever it was, the half. Yeah. So. To me, it's establish the run, establish the fun. You do that early in games, and you prove that you can uh, get mean and get violent, as Trey Smith uh, has said and, and made a little bit locally famous here in Kansas City. And then all of a sudden, you know, they need to bring extra players, and they can't take Travis Kelsey out of a game. They could just have to deal with one-on-one coverage of Tyree Kill. That's when you start to see the football throw down the field again. And so I think the Chiefs know that. I think they've learned that. We've seen now more than 50% of the, the run snaps, which was a good note by you, John. And I think we got to see more of that. The closer we can get to 50-50, the more fun this offense is going to be. Well, and it is getting back to what we saw when Kareem Hunt was on the team. I mean, you know, you, you, you talk to fans and they are they're very much like, oh, well, we need Kareem Hunt back. Well, we're not going to get Kareem Hunt back. But mm-hmm. if we get the right player and the right offensive line and the ability to run the ball, we can get the offense that we had with Kareem Hunt back. And that's really what what everybody wants, is to see that team that can succeed at multiple levels on the offense, which just makes Patrick Mahomes better. You know, that was the season where he was, uh, the, you know, the, the league MVP uh, right. when he had that that working for him. So I think that's I think that's why the Chiefs, 
expended that first round pick on Edwards Lair. I know a lot of people complain about that, that you should never spend a first round pick on a running back. But if it turns out that he is the key to making that happen, I think it'll be well worth it. That's just what I think. I've been a, a big Clyde guy since he's been drafted. And I mean, there, there have been some growing pains here, but I, I think you're seeing all that he can do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that to yeah. me is big too. You saw, he also had three targets in this game, two catches for the 12 yards and what was a touchdown. And so I, I think, man, the more you can can make Clyde and get him to that weapon level of a Hill or a Kelsey, the more Hill and Kelsey are going to be able to do as well. All right, John, let's get into your next takeaway. Yeah, I actually had a, an Edward Solaire take of my own, and I crossed it off at the beginning of the show because of something you said earlier. Um, and it, this is that we probably – um, we, you mentioned earlier that who would have thought that we'd be two and two at this point of the season? Well, actually, a lot of people did. Uh, you know, we we knew this was going to be a very difficult five game stretch at the beginning of the season, and uh, you know, I think I even at some point mentioned, you know, if we get through those five games and and we're three and two, well, we'll have done pretty well, and uh, you know, it'd be great if we get through them five and zero, oh, um, but. Those are teams that are going to be difficult to beat. Now, it's possible we could get through these these five games at two and three. That's less than ideal. But if we get through the Bills and we're three and two, that's not that far off what our expectations really should have been. I think part of the trouble is that in with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback when he'd never lost a game in September, you know, we had this idea that we're just going to come into the season and roll over everybody. Right. And, you know, that's not going to happen every season. You know, it, it had happened in all the seasons that Mahomes was a starting quarterback. But, you know, at some point you have to regress to the mean. And if you're going to play all these strong teams early in the season, you're going to give up a game or two. And now the Chiefs have. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a problem later on. But they still have enough of the season left that they can counteract all of that and still put themselves in a position to be, you know, the the, the AFC's number one seed. And if they're not be in a position that they can do well in the postseason anyway. So um, I think part of the problem here in the last couple of weeks uh, with these back-to-back losses is that our expectations were maybe a little bit too high. So that's something I think we should remember for seasons to come. It's like it's not over till it's over, and we're a long way from it being over at this point. John, I respect your point. The ultimate counterpoint is the quarterback said 20-0. and <laughs> You know, like, I, I, you know, unfortunately, like, I I'm with you. I think you saw the beginning. It, it seemed like a little bit of like a murderous murderer's row at right. the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. Like, how are yeah. you going to get through that undefeated? But then he comes out and then Tyree kills like, well, the, the quarterbacks are 20 and 0 Chris Jones, 20 and 0. <laughs> and then you drop two of the first three. So you had that too, but I, <clears throat> I do want to compliment Mahomes on my next takeaway. And we have this quarterback in Kansas city and he threw three touchdowns with three different arm angles, and we didn't really even make that big of a deal out of it. That's the mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. <laughs> he threw an underhanded touchdown. He threw a shovel touchdown. He threw the regular overhand touchdown. He threw three touchdowns to Tyree Kill. And it's not like we were like, whoa, five touchdowns, three with all these different arm angles. This man can throw it 180 degrees of 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 the arm rotation, whatever you want to call it. It does no looks. And we're just like, yeah, whatever. Five touchdowns. Could you imagine? 
put yourself back in the Alex Smith days, mm-hmm. the Castle days beforehand, and then all of a sudden there's a Sunday where Alex Smith throws for five touchdowns, three of which were different arm angles. We would be like, what the hell? Whoa, this is crazy. This is the norm in Kansas mm-hmm. City. And I've said this before, and, and this is real marinated, and it's going to have to marinate for 15 or 16 years. Good luck to the successor of Patrick Mahomes yeah. in Kansas City because this is just never going to be replicated again. What he is able to do is never uh, going to be replicated again, and it is the norm now. That is wild. That's the wild, That's the wildest part. He does this every week, and it just – um, an incredible game. You know, we, we come out of that game. We're just like talking about how bad the defense is. That's where the chiefs franchise is at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd hate to be that guy that has to take over, but of course I'm sure there were people who said, uh, for the Packers, you know, nobody will ever be like Brett Favre again. We're never going to yeah. see this again, you know? Um, uh, and so yes, it's going to be difficult, but you never know. You just never know. Maybe this is the beginning of a, New a string of three no of the greatest like quarterbacks. And, yeah. And Mac yeah. Jones rips off 19 completions in a row and running Brady's offense. So maybe you're right. <laughs> I guess I'll just have to find the next freaking line in, what, in 2040 or whatever. All right. Any more marinated takeaways from you, John? Um, Harrison Butker, perfect so far. Mm. I think that's oh, worth mentioning. People are going to be upset with that comment. Yeah, that, well, but, you know. You just, I it, 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 people hope. were upset because he because he you know he I mean more head from a case for a while John. yeah I, well I but mean, I mean you know we're a yeah. quarter of the way through the season and he hasn't <laughs> missed a single thing you know so I think mm. it's worth pointing out that the man has has gotten over whatever it was that was troubling him last season if in fact that's what it was it wasn't you know maybe that was just a, a circumstance of coincidentally things falling you know all of his errors happening in a string. You never know about these things or if there actually was some kind of a problem he was working through mentally or, you know, some kind of mechanical issue with Tommy Tonson. I don't know. I'm just saying that a quarter of the way through the season, the man is perfect. And I Townsend, think that's great. Townsend has been great, too. Uh, did not have to come on the field on Sunday, which is another problem altogether. Well, he held he held for neither the Eagles punter. Neither, neither yeah. the Eagles punter. No punt regular season game. Um, yeah. John, I, I do want to tell everyone this. Harrison Busker misses an extra point on Sunday at Arrow Headphones on Twitter. Just make sure you remember that. <laughs> Shout it down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride's Best of the Week. You heard the guys from Out of Structure. You heard the marinated takeaways. Now, let's go across the pond to find out about these Buffalo Bills. 
the most terrifying team in the NFL right now are the Buffalo Bills because they are doing it on offense and they are doing it on defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, some people would probably argue that, um, you know, that, that look at the teams they've played. I mean, they played the uh, Dolphins. They actually got beat off the Steelers, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but like you said, you've got, to, you've, you've got to play the team and beat the team that's in front of you. And that, they've done that quite convincingly. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, they seem to be solid in all kind of all phases of the game as yeah. well. Uh, defense, great defense. Uh, I think they'll be number one defense or something close to the top, aren't they? I think they're probably top four. No, top just five. number one defense, Brad. They are emulating currently. Okay, it's only four games. They are currently emulating the 2000 Ravens. Like the 2000 wow. Ravens are renowned to being the one of the best defenses of all time. And yeah. I've got some stats for you here. After the first four games in 2000, the Ravens had a three-on-one record. They allowed 13.8 points a game. They had 10 sacks and they had 10 takeaways. The 2021 Bills, after four games, have a three-on-one record. They allow just 11 points per game. They've posted 12 sacks and they've had 11 takeaways. Like what they are doing at the moment on defense is historic. Yeah, and people might point to the quarterbacks that they've faced. They've faced, what, Tyler Henneke. They've faced uh, Tua slash Jacoby Brissett. And they've faced David Hills, is it? The Texans quarterback? I don't even know his name. Like, <laughs> sorry, Texans fans. Uh, sorry, bro. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, sorry, guys. But, um, like, yes, they're paying bad quarterbacks. But, again, they can only beat who they are, have in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they are not only beating them. They are destroying them. Two of those games, they haven't allowed a single point. How does that happen in the 2021 version of the NFL? How do teams post a shutout? It just shouldn't happen. And the Bills have done it twice. They've done it twice in three weeks. And if that doesn't terrify Kansas City fans, especially when you look at the Chiefs defense, which is the polar opposite to the 2021 Bills, then, yeah. And you then bring the offenses into the mix as well. It's just, for me, it's just a terrible, terrible matchup for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are going to have to play a perfect game on Sunday night to beat the Bills. That's the thing as well, because, uh, yeah, obviously the 11 points per game that you said there about the defensive side, but on the offensive side, they, they've got, they're averaging 33.5 points. Yeah. Which so is the same again, as the exactly. The same, it was as the same as the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, and, Looking back at the, the previous games that the Chiefs have had, there's, what, out of the four games we've had, three of those, of the other teams got 30 points or more. Yeah. And the, and, and, and the one that wasn't was 29 points. So it, you, you, you're looking at like 30-odd points that you've got to make sure that you get against the Chiefs, but hope that the Chiefs do something crazy like they did um, just recently where, you know, they had the, um, the, the multiple turnovers, about four turnovers against the Chargers, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and it... It's proven it's doable. It's proven it's doable. If you can, if you can keep that score up and hit those thirty points, push even further. I mean, <laughs> looking at thirty points for the Bills, it, that's easy for the Bills. Yeah, looking, especially looking at this team, defense against this, t- they could against the Chiefs defense. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if the Bills put up seventy on Sunday. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. it really would. Like this offense is a kryptonite for the Chiefs. Because yeah. you can, okay, go back to the AFC Championship game and say, look at the success the Chiefs had. The Bills weren't ready for that game. The Chiefs looked like the team that had been there before. The Bills did not. That's the way that game yeah. played out. But the Bills at the moment look like a, the bigger boy at the moment. They're bigger, better, stronger than the Chiefs pretty much across the board, except for one key position, um, yeah. callback. But um, 
the, the, you look at the the Bills' offense. They've got Diggs. They've got Samuel. They've got Sanders. They've got Moss. They've got a good offensive line. They've got Josh Allen who can move the ball with his legs. They've got an aggressive coach. It's, for me, they are just the worst possible matchup for this Chiefs defense. Mm. And you know that they're going to go for every single fourth down possible. And I don't yeah. think the Bills feel like they need to win the turnover battle to, build the, battle to beat the Chiefs. I just feel like the Bills know that they can just go and score and score and score on the Chiefs. And mm. if they have to score 55 points to beat the Chiefs, then so be it. I think the turnover battle is far more important for the Chiefs than it is the Bills. The Chiefs yeah. need to steal one or two possessions from the Bills. They need splash plays from someone in that defense because if they don't steal possessions from the Bills, this game is going to be over really quickly because while I do trust the offense and I do trust the Chiefs offense to score a lot of points, if I you put a gun to my head right now and said, what defense is going to get a stop, the Bills or the Chiefs? My money will be on the Bills. Yeah. It just would be on the Bills because I feel like they can force a punt or a field goal. But right now, this Chiefs offense, just uh, Chiefs defense simply is not getting off the field. It's just not no. getting off. The, the, the Eagles didn't punt. I don't expect the Bills to punt. The only way they're going to get off the field is via a turnover. And this is where we need someone like Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Sneed. We need one of these guys to make a play out of structure, out of the ordinary, and put that team on the back. Because if it doesn't happen, the Bills are just going to score, score, and score. And... Yes, I love the Chiefs' offense, but I'm just not too sure they can keep up with them. The other uh, kryptonite, shall we say, um, on the, well, especially for the uh, for the Chiefs' defense, is the run game as well. Uh, the run D, um, and looking at the stats here, Buffalo is fifth in the NFL with an average of 145.3 rushing yards per game, which is mad because that's t- totally against what the that's Bills crazy. did last year. Like, yeah. That wasn't the Bills' mo last year. Last year they went spread empty they hardly use their running backs they were like josh allen dropped back 50 times throw the ball if you want a running play josh allen will run it itself but now they've they've gone become smarter they're like the chiefs offense they've come a little bit smarter they get taking what the defense give them and they've got so many good weapons that they have all of their plays open all times and it's showing if they can rush for 145 yards a game and still score 43 average 33 and a half yard points a game then that, that's a really dangerous offense especially against a, a defense like the Chiefs it makes you wonder doesn't it looking back especially to the AFC West uh, the AFC championship game where the Bills were still kind of rolling into Arrowhead uh, with you know they were still kind of a high powered offense and they all everybody thought that they were going to be uh, a good match for the Chiefs but it ended up not being so really. It was quite a bit of an easy, easy process, wasn't it? Um, it makes you wonder though. I mean, is it, is it something that can probably get into Josh Allen's head? Maybe uh, the, the hour ahead effect, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, the crowds are back as well, which is yeah. a good thing. Um, that might be something that might kind of be a bit of a, bit of a neutralizer, I suppose on, on Josh Allen's part, but I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm quite concerned about this game. I really am it's quite a must win for the Chiefs it. as well. It is Definitely. a must win. Like, yeah. well, if we we drop this game on Sunday, we go to two and three. They go to four and one. Plus, they've got the game over on us. Like, that's that's a hefty lead lead that they're going to have already. And mm-hmm. look at their division; they're going to be able to beat up on their division all year. They're like, it's terrible. Where we're going to have some really hard divisional games coming up. If the, if yeah. the Bills win on Sunday, like for me, that they're, they're a shoe in for the number one seed in the AFC. So this is this is a must win game for the Chiefs. Back to your point about will the occasion be too big for Josh Allen? Maybe it will. Maybe mm. the pressure of Arrowhead, maybe the pressure of being able to call themselves ASC favourites might get to him like he did in, in January. 
Like they, they, yeah. he did. That the occasion was far too big for the Buffalo Bills in January. But they look like they've evolved from then. They look like a much stronger team. They look like they know. They look similar to the 2019 Chiefs, if we're being honest. Where yeah. they come out yeah. of a disappointing AFC Championship game and they've come out on a mission, and that's who they remind me of. And I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping that they're not the 2019 Chiefs, but right now they're kind of playing like it a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing like literally with no fear at the minute, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, then, should we go on to ones to watch? Should we want me to go first on this? Go for it. I'm going to go Stefan Diggs. He scares the life out of me, and especially <laughs> it, the, the, the thing that gets me is, is like you just mentioned there, the 2019 Chiefs. Stefan Diggs, there was a picture of him watching the celebrations going off, wasn't he, on the field? And he was the last yeah. guy on the field, wasn't he? Yeah. Hand on the hips, and he was looking at what was going on, taking it all in. That scares the hell out of me because we're now back at this point now where we're facing the Bills again. Yeah, He's going to have that in his mind and he's going to make sure that he's going to want to have a, a, a dominant game in this. And especially with the, the way that these defensive backs are going at the moment with the Chiefs, I can see him having a real kind of hand in this game for sure. Yeah, he's, a, he's the chain mover in the, in the offense, isn't he? Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's ridiculous. Like, he's top yeah. three wide receiver. He, he's consistently in that top three group. He's he's just just great <laughs> like it's the he only way life, to describe he does, he does. he's just great and um like in a t- in a game that's going to be full of great pass catches he is as deserving as the rest of them when, he, when it comes to accolades so yeah I, that's an interesting take on the whole watching the celebrations afterwards I, that's not something i'd actually given a thought and i'd be interested to see how many people actually have that point going forward and ha- if it whether it gets brought up on sunday in the broadcast or not but yeah like standing there watching that thinking Mike this I'm going to be back here I want revenge against yeah. this team maybe it depends uh, if you're you're hot on that kind of thing then maybe it, it that hasn't holds some substance substance but for a lot of people it won't and um, my one to watch for the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen um Josh Allen. it is Josh yeah. Allen I I thought he had a terrible week one well he he there's no thinking about it. He was terrible week one. He looked like Josh yeah. Allen of old, but this last couple of weeks, they managed to sit him a couple of times and bring out Mitchell Trubisky. That's how well he's been playing. Um, my, a mindset thing more so, because the talent's there. He's good enough to yeah. beat this Chiefs defense. He, he, he just is. He, he can put the ball exactly where he wants it. He can run. He can beat this Chiefs defense anywhere he wants. It's just his mind. He lost his head a little yeah. bit in the last game. Do you remember he threw the ball at Alex Okafor, wouldn't he, after the sack? Um, oh God! Yeah, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that kicked off an absolute riot afterwards. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> maybe if Josh if Josh Allen's head's right, then that's something to fear for sure for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which Josh Allen are we going to get in this game? I think it's yeah. the uh, the thing there, isn't it for sure? Um, for the Chiefs, I'm going to try and redeem myself here, and I'm going to go with Ceh. You've got to watch him. <laughs> from what I actually saw from that run game against the Eagles, I'm really excited about this uh, this offensive line. Um, the Great Barrier Chiefs, um, and and just seeing how CEH can operate on this. And it, it, it'd be interesting to see as well, actually, how Darrell Williams is incorporated into it as well, because he seemed to have gotten a few more touches. He got about, I think he got about 10 touches last time, didn't he, last time out? And I think CEH got about 14. Um, so they're kind of balancing it out a little bit, but CEH, I, I think he gets it with this all line now. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing if he can do it against a really good defence. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see this O line against the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills because yeah. they've invested a lot into that defensive line. Um, they threw a lot of bodies at this off season and got come up with their best eight or nine guys. I think they watched the Super Bowl and thought, right, this is the way we need to beat the Chiefs. We need to get home with four. 
We simply yeah. simply had, but also the Chiefs watched the Super Bowl as well and improved the offensive line. So that'll be a great battle. That really mm. stout uh, Bills defensive line versus this Chiefs really good run blocking offensive line. That that should be one to watch. For me, the Chiefs, it all comes down to splash play defenders. I've brought it up like four or five times already this podcast. Yeah. Splash play defenders are going to be the difference maker on this Chiefs defense. So I'm looking at you, Tyrone Matthew, my old yeah. friend. My old friend, like Tyron Mucker. If he if he <laughs> yeah, if he can make a play or two, force an interception or, or or maybe two of them, force fumble or something, then um the Chiefs win this game. But I I feel like if we don't get that big play from someone like Tyron Matthew, then the Chiefs aren't gonna win. Right. Predictions, mate. I'll go first. Okay. I'm actually going for a Chiefs loss on this, but a very close one. Okay. I'm going 38-36 to the Bills, and it's a shootout. Oh. Oh, there's so many points. <laughs> but not as many points as I'm going to say. Oh God! <laughs> so, you, I don't, I don't think you were a fan back then. But in 2008, the, the Bills come into uh, Arrowhead and absolutely went on a riot against the Chiefs and scored 54 points. <laughs> um, long, long time ago, and I think that could probably happen this Sunday. Really? Yeah, oh. I just don't trust this Chiefs defense at all. And they stink. We talk about uh, Sorensen. We talk about the reps that Thornhill are getting. We talk about how bad these corners are, are looking, and they are looking bad. Good God Almighty. But it was all supposed to be built about the guys up front. And they've just been they've just been bad compared to what you think they should be. They have been bad. And I know I've talked about Chris Jones, but hell, he certainly doesn't have a lick of help up there. Uh, and, and Jaron Reed, he's been a disappointment, I would say the least. It's just so I, I don't know how you can have great confidence on this group with what they've shown this for. It's puzzling, man. I don't understand it. Like, I, I, I feel like I've watched a lot of football in, in my day. I legitimately don't understand what I'm watching with the Chiefs defensive line. It should be better than this. It, it should. They've got you good think. football players. And yet they're not playing quality football right now. And that's what doesn't make any sense. And it's why I still continue to believe that at some point it's going to click. But man, we're we're getting we're a third of the way through the season almost. And at some point, I got to be able to see it. Kind of like what you said at the beginning of this show. I got to be able to see it to really have any belief that it's going to be any sort of consistency along the defensive line. Chris Jones has had some moments. But it's more flash than it is consistency. And I know that's kind of how it's been with Chris Jones in his career. But most of the time in Chris Jones' career, he'll have drives where he just shuts down a drive completely. I don't know that we've seen that at any point this year where it's an entire drive that Chris Jones does not allow the offense to function. Mike Dan has had some moments, but most of his numbers that you're going to see on the stat sheet are like, hey, the quarterback was running around for five seconds and couldn't find anybody open and Mike Dana was able to tackle him. And credit to him, man. He's he's playing all right up front. He's he's probably been your second best defensive lineman so far this year. And that is not saying anything positive about Tershawn Wharton, who everybody loved a year ago and has really not done much for them so far no, this year. I mean, doesn't flash at all. It's been weird. And Jaron Reed, I was oh, really God. excited. We did our uh um certified or imposter on him, and I said, Well, if you're asking me, is he a good football player? Like he's certified, he's a good football player. He hasn't been good this year, so I don't get it. But going into this game to answer the question, like, what can we expect from them? If Chris Jones doesn't play, 
I, I'm expecting very little out of them in terms of pass rush because I don't know how I could possibly expect anything out of them right now. Can I can can I get a second for for Chiefs fans right now who are dogging on this defense but completely overlooking Jaron Reed? You should be more upset at Jaron Reed than any other player on this defense right any now. Any other. He was brought in on a one-year deal, but it's a pricey one-year deal to be an effective one-year player who was supposed to change the defensive line. Chris Jones could move outside because they brought Jaron Reed in, and they could utilize Chris Jones in all these unique ways that they've never been able to do before because of Jaron Reed, and Jaron Reed has been hot garbage. He's been absolutely terrible for the Chiefs. It's been an awful signing. No wonder Seattle was like, thank God. The Chiefs wanted to sign Jared That's what they Reed. Did. Yeah, I, they said thank God. Yeah, well, I, my my disappointment moves over to uh, the highest paid player on the defense because he's never out there. At least Jaron Reed is out there to get his ass kicked. Frank's not even out there to get his ass whooped. So uh, Jaron Reed's been awful. That that I think the big key that you said there, Serta, was he affords you to move Chris Jones outside. No, he doesn't. Not right now. He doesn't afford you to do nothing is what he doesn't afford. He's got that good-ass number, and he just needs – I mean, he, they gotta, they got to get something. That, that, that's what it is. And, we, and, and I think not as much Jerry Reed, but we do need to start pushing the issue with what the, what the defense is built around, and that is defensive line. That's what this defense is built around, and there's no surprise that they're as bad as they are with how bad they have been up front on the defensive line. The other thing, Ron, is in this game, like they need their defensive line to be good because if you get pressure on Josh Allen, he's more than happy to throw you the football. Like oh, Josh man. Allen, his highs, the the highlights that you see from his film, they're as good as any quarterback in the league not named Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not named Kyler Murray as well because his, his highs are pretty incredible. But they're right up there with anybody else that you want to talk about in the NFL. His lows are as low as any quarterback in the NFL. Like Mitch Trubisky bad. He will just like throw the football to nowhere in particular just because. The moment that always comes to mind for me is in the playoff game that the Bills had against the Texans a few couple of years ago now where he just like randomly lateraled the ball to nobody. It was like a Yeah, they got away from him a bit. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I don't know where this is going. I'm just going to throw it out there and we'll see what ends up happening here. And that was just symbolic of how he plays the game if he is pressured. If he has any sort of pressure, whether it be just the situation in the game or the defensive line getting to him and forcing him off the spot, that's how you make him into those errant throws. But I don't have a whole lot of belief right now that the Chiefs are going to be able to do that because they haven't shown it against anybody. Well, that's the thought is, can the Chiefs defense, who's been dreadful, can they just be good enough? to allow dumb Josh Allen to enter the game. Can they be good enough? Because Josh Allen, he, he'll he go through those moments where he's inaccurate as hell. He'll go through those moments where he thinks he can get it in there. He'll go through those moments where he just makes really bad decisions, right? But you got to take advantage of it. And in this game, with both offenses, which it feels like I'm taking the over, I would take the over on whatever this score is. Uh, but, but when you look at both offenses, you feel like are going to go up and down the field. The difference in the game could be the mistakes and turnovers. And I'm telling you, I watched Josh Allen last week play against the team I cover. The first throw he threw, he threw an airmailed a receiver and threw it right to the safety, just standing right there. 
and they returned the ball to the 13-yard line. Now, they didn't move it from the 13-yard line. The Texans didn't, and they turned it over on downs. But that could be the difference in the game. And he's careless with the ball. He's always going to extend the play to try to make a play because he believes he can make a play, and he's been stripped doing so. And so, our, but, but, but if the Chiefs just give him anything he wants to where he don't have to make decisions, he don't have to think, he don't have to hold nothing, like a lot of what we saw from Justin Herbert, there wasn't a lot of – like Justin Herbert's a good football player, but he's a great football player when it's all easy. And when you just got Mike Williams just running across the field by himself or you got Mike Williams in single coverage against a player, you Mike, Mike Hughes, who can't do anything with him, like they can't make it that easy for him. So that's the thing is can they just be good enough to let Josh Allen enter the game of mistake Josh Allen? And, and we'll see. And he's happy to oblige. Like, oh, if you it. get him Hope there, he, he's more than happy to go there for you. You've just got to put a little bit of pressure on him, and you've got to make life difficult for him. Uh, what one, one spot that I would say is, like, when he throws the ball in less than two and a half seconds this year, so when he throws it, gets it out of his hand quickly, he's really good. Josh Allen this year is completing 75% of those passes with five touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a 108 quarterback rating. When he... Holds on to the ball. He's standing there. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. 50% completion rate, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 85 quarterback rating. He's been sacked five times. If he's waiting back there and you're making life difficult for him on the back end because nobody's getting open quickly, they're not showing quick, that's when you've got an opportunity. And that's when the defensive line has to start making him under pressure. And that's when he starts throwing the ball away a little bit. And those are just the interceptions that were caught. Man, you saw this. you saw this in the Texans game. He's he's gonna give you opportunities. You got to come down with him as a defender. Yeah, he he put he put the ball on the ground three times because uh, he was extending plays and got stripped. So he he's there for you, but you got to be in position to strip it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the Chiefs are in that position. Hey, one more thing: when the when the Bills have the ball, hey, the hero is back. The savior is back. Everybody's savior. You know what? I am. You know, I may even change my entire mind on this game because I didn't realize that Willie Gay, old W. Gay himself, they call him Big 50. Willie Gay is back, folks. WGJ. He's going to completely change this entire defense, is what it feels like I've heard. Boy, just wait till Willie Gay gets back. And now this defense is going to be ready to roll. He may play this week. Uh, hasn't hasn't been activated yet, but he may play this week. And if Willie Gay's out there, it seems like Chiefs fans expect that he is going to turn this thing around. They're getting they're they're getting Ray Lewis back Sunday. Whoa! It's a hybrid Ray Lewis, Luke Keekley. Yeah, Luke Keekley with a little sprinkle of Mike Singletary, and he's ready to go. Right? That's what we're getting back. No Patrick Willis in there. Oh, no, he cares more than Patrick does. I that was low, Patrick. I'm sorry. I don't know how anybody can possibly think they know what they're getting in Willie Gay. How did we arrive here that Will Gay is the same? How many games has he played? What is it, like six? Well, like legitimate snaps. He's never started, so. I, I think Willie Gay might be a really good player. Heading into this Bills matchup, what intrigues you the most about the Kansas City Chiefs? 
I mean, the, uh, the, the number one DVOA offense versus the number one DVOA defense <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the Buffalo Bills. I mean, to me, that's intriguing. And I think to me, last week, you know, when the, the win last week, you know, you, I saw the Kansas City offense that I'm used to, you know, mm-hmm. that we're all used to, that, you know, Patrick Mahomes um, is capable of throwing five touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill goes crazy. Like, you know, that is – that was the time where I'm like, okay, that that's the team I remember. The problem is defensively, again, going back to the DVOA um, numbers, that analysis, they've been near the bottom of the league defensively, um, both in pass coverage and pass rush, which is brutal. You can't, right. you know, defensively, you can't, you, they, they have to find a way to scheme to get the pra- pass rush um, in a way that does not expose them on the back end. And I just don't know how you do that. I don't know how you can send or dial up exotic looks without putting your corners on an Island or um, having to operate with one single high safety or, you know, there's, there's just only so many things you can do when both the very front end of your defense and the back end are not operating in unison and you're having miscommunication, which I thought, you know, Taran Matthew said recently, he was talking about, you know, just the miscommunication that's going on on defense. I'm I'm hoping in my mind when I look at the Chiefs because I want them to play at the highest level they can on both sides of the ball. It is a miscommunication issue on defense. Right. Where it's just these guys just aren't on the same page right now. Um, maybe everyone on the field isn't seeing the same thing at the same time. As the season goes on, that begins to work itself out a little bit more. Offensively, I think Josh Gordon, great addition. Very curious to see what he looks like and what he can look like in this offense. Um, no guarantees here because I, when they brought in Le'Veon Bell, I thought, Hey, okay, great. There's this talent. <laughs> and, and LaShawn McCoy. And it's Le- like, we right, get a veteran right. like this all the time. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. This is, I mean, so is it going to be another in a long line of these veterans who are brought in maybe a little past their heyday or whatever. And we think, okay, well, this is, this is obviously naturally the perfect offense for them to, you know, experience that second yeah. wind. And then it doesn't happen. So, you know, we'll see with with Gordon whether or not he can be what I think is that fundamentally important third option um, next to Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think everyone is really excited here to figure out is, is Gordon going to be this type of player for Kansas City, the one that they've been missing for what has been a long time now. And just a point on the defense, the miscommunication is an issue, but the Chiefs are in line to get Frank Clark or whatever is you know whatever he is going to be able to do in this game back and potentially Charvarius Ward. So maybe that that'll help. On the other side, what did the Buffalo Bills have to show you in this game to say, okay, you know they're they're a three and one team, but they're legitimate contenders to maybe take that AFC crown? Well, you got to you got to get to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got to uh, defensively. If you are, I, I you know, I, like I said, this is the number one defense in the NFL from a DVOA standpoint. Um, but you have to be able to get pressure, as I said with yeah. the the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. You have to get pressure. You have to get middle pressure. Like if you look at the Browns. This season, one of the things they're doing really well on defense is, you know, you want to talk about Miles Garrett and, oh, you know, hey, Jadavion Clowney looks pretty good. But they've gotten some really um, rare middle pressure where you have like a Malik McDowell who they pick up, you know, in the offseason, expect nothing from, who is drawing double teams and although might not be um, picking up the statistics, is creating chaos in front of the opposing quarterbacks. I think that's what you have to do with Kansas City, even though, right. you know, Patrick Mahomes can break pocket or playoff script and do all those things spectacularly. Um, 
we have seen he is not completely immune to pressure, particularly when, you know, and you, you talked about this a little bit the, at the start, teams have started to lay back a little bit and go, yeah. you know what? We're just going to try and take away Tyree Kill. You know, we're going to try and do what we saw in the <laughs> yeah. first game of the season. Right. Um, you know, and and take that guy out of the equation and then see if maybe um, we can make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable enough to force some things occasionally. I mean, when we've seen the mistakes he's made, you know, they're mistakes of aggression. He's trying to force some, you know, force the issue. That's what I need to see from Buffalo defensively. And then offensively, I think they need to get back. You know, they're more of a middle-of-the-road team, I think, right now offensively. Josh Allen has been more consistent the last couple of games. I think he didn't have the, you know, statistically the greatest start. Right. But to be the MVP candidate that he was last year, you know, we're talking about a, a you know, 65 to 70% passer every single game using a plethora of different players, which he's done really well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I want to make a point quickly on your Patrick Mahomes point, and, and that's Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, put it really well going into the Chiefs-Ravens game that Mahomes, in a sense, has three plays in one play each play. So you have to defend each time span that sometimes he gets where yep. maybe after three or four seconds and then you get to 12 seconds and so on and so forth. 